Welcome to the Iowa Tri Runners podcast, the site that's dedicated to news and interviews with the athletes, coaches, and personalities who are making headlines in cross country, track and field, road running, trail running, and triathlon in the state of Iowa. And now, here is your host, Lance Ferguson. A good Thursday morning, everybody, and um, we have a special guest. Uh, on for this podcast, uh, the fourth one uh, in this series, and uh, he has a lot of titles. Um, he's a pretty important person in uh, certainly in Iowa running. Um, he's a senior associate athletics director at Drake University. He's the director of the Drake Relays, and he's also acting as the director of cross country and track and field. Let's welcome to the podcast, Blake Bolden. Good morning, Blake. Good morning, good morning, Lance. Thanks for the kind introduction. Yeah. Uh, little, I feel a little silly that you said I'm an important person and all that, but yeah, good, good to connect with you. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Well, there's a lot to get into. I know your 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 time is short. You're a very busy man right now with the Drake Relays around the corner, and you've got a a, a two day meet coming up tomorrow. Uh, let's jump into what uh, a lot of people want to know, and that's the Drake Relays. Um, you've recently got uh, silver levels, level status from the World Athletics. Um, that means you're going to be um, having some Olympians coming uh, next month. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think <laughs> the world really wants to know what we're doing, but the world is anxious to return to normal activity levels. That includes spectators, you know, fans of the sport, fans of live events, um, you know, certainly coaches, but no one more than the athletes. And as you know, athletes at all levels, the opportunities have been very limited yeah. in the last 13 months. And I think that's a gross understatement. So uh, the demand and uh, interest in competition is unprecedented at least in in the the five years that i've been here at drake um and it very excited about that but it is overwhelming it, athletes at all levels athletes who haven't maybe raced even in 2019 or 2018 but have been training over the years sure. or you know over the last year uh it, during quarantine are are making comebacks and it's it's going to be an interesting year and and i think that the, the Global track and field season will start in a big way here in Des Moines in April. Well, yeah, with the, with the trials going on and Tokyo being confirmed for the Olympics, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a short, really condensed um, uh, season here for uh, outdoor track. Um, looks like you've got six events uh, for the men and women uh, coming up for the uh, for the elite uh, competitions. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, uh, the the tradition dating back to to Kim Carson's, Lolo Jones, uh, so many huge stars with loaf of pies uh, have, have been the short hurdles, both for the men and the women, yep. uh, the women's 100-meter hurdles, the men's 110 hurdles. And then, then while we're at it, uh, my predecessor, Brian Brown, uh, made that, you know, created a new tradition. And, and really, it, it predates Brian Brown in as much as Joey Woody was a legend in yep. Iowa as a 400-meter hurdler. Um, but then Brian really brought more than just uh, one star like Joey, but brought world-class fields in those events. Uh, so we've, we'll have all four hurdle races. Um, and then while we're at it, we will be hosting the USATF one-mile championship on Wednesday on the road. Yeah, that's and then trying to get a lot of those athletes to stay in town. So we'll have a 1500 as well for both the men and the women. Um, and, and I think they're, I, I've no doubt seen a lot of interest in uh, high-caliber athletes because it, in a way, will stimulate running the rounds that they will have to run uh, later in the season at the Olympic trials. And in such a, uh, a year with limited competition, they've had no real way to stimulate that type of effort. Um, so a Wednesday-Saturday uh, pairing uh, really is attractive to a lot of athletes. And then we'll also run a 5K for the men and – a steeplechase for the women, and then we'll do some uh, oh, some more field events. We'll do pole vault. Uh, we've had a long history of, of uh, you know, th the best American and world-class pole vaulters coming to Drake Stadium, and then men's shot put and women's long jump. All right. Yeah, that'll be exciting. It'll give you 
a, a, a taste certainly of uh, some of the Olympians. So uh, Cummins, I suppose uh, Sandy Morris is probably one of the big names uh, coming. Uh, do we know, uh, do, we, do we have a list of who's possibly coming yet? <laughs> I wish working, I had a list. Still working on it. <laughs> It's not that easy, Lance. Okay. Okay. I've got a lot of work to do. Okay. But yeah, it's 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 like an amoeba that that moves every day right now. Oh, um, okay. It's a, it's as it is, tricky, as huh? it is with the yet, yeah, and not oh. so not withholding that from the public. More just a matter of continuing to work with athletes, um, make make sure that we have our safety protocols in place. Because as eager as we all are to return to a normalcy, we have. Uh, the realities that that we are not yet post pandemic uh, and certainly no, not no. yet post COVID nineteen. So testing protocols, uh, ground transportation, single single rooming housing down at our partner hotel, the Marriott. All those challenges abound, and uh, <laughs> and athletes continuing to to determine their own schedule as. USA track and field daily announces new meets and new opportunities around the country. Mm. So it, it continues to shift. Um, you know, I, I was up until so this morning is Thursday morning. Uh, Tuesday, I was up confirming athletes and working on fields until early morning, Wednesday. And then by noon on Wednesday, I felt like I uh, essentially had to restart the, the process oh, at least to oh. a significant degree. So that's just, just that, that that's, that's not unique entirely uh, this time of year in assembling the elite fields. Um, but this year, not only is the demand greater and almost, you know, it's, it's an urgency from each of these athletes, their coaches, their agents, because they all want to know where their next competition is and they all want to be sure they have a spot. But at the same time, they're all being cautious in finalizing their schedule because if they can find something that doesn't require a commercial airfare mm, or, yeah. or something more convenient. Um, so, and that's the same for our university division. University division is really the meat and potatoes of the Drake relays and has been since 1910. Um, that, that one is uniquely challenging. A lot of schools uh, have restrictions on commercial airfare travel. There are uh, uh, testing protocols in, in competition, out of competition, uh, a, a lot of differences between institution and institution. And so, you know, if you're uh, a, a local runner and a track and field fan, you know that you didn't get to see much indoors. Whereas, you know, the Iowa State Classic uh, up in Ames, is, you know, has been for, for at least 20 years, one of the best indoor track and field meets in the country every year with hundreds, if not thousands of spectators this year. Martin uh, Smith and the staff there did a wonderful job hosting a safe event. Uh, but if you were an official there or an athlete there or a coach there, those are the only people that got to see that meet. And it, and those in attendance could speak very clearly to how the sport of track and field has been forced to scale back in 2021. But you will have university and college competition this year, uh, from what I'm seeing. Um, they opened uh, March 13th. Do you have any teams that have confirmed yet or – yeah, we're we're actually going to finalize that schedule uh, early next week, and and we'll get we'll get a list of, of confirmed teams out. But it, it it's it's going to be a great meet, great competition, and similar to the uh, the the elites, the the demand absolutely exists because, in particular, in the middle distance and distance events, um, people are looking for places to run five Ks and fifteen hundreds and. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll see some great races and, we'll, and you know, th there will be a lot of those schools that we're accustomed to seeing at the Drake relays. We'll see some new faces, uh, but it will look and feel a lot different than it has, uh, even in recent history. One thing that will be definitely different will be high school. Um, they're going to get one day all to themselves, uh, on, on Thursday, that used to be the distance, uh, classic day, but now it's all high school. That's probably because of all the safety protocols, just trying to keep all the high school kids on one day and, and, and you pretty much are keeping the schedule the same, except for the four by 100. Um, looks like you're going to be. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. We'll that schedule out early next week in term. I mean, and I know the coaches and the athletes are anxious to see that schedule so they can plan, you know, and aim which events they want to qualify for and plan their racing that day. Um, so we appreciate their patience and understanding as we get, we get all these details lined out. 
Um, but it will be a, a format very similar to the state qualifying meets um, and, and that, is, that are a single-day competition, as, as, yeah, as we know. Right, and, and so, it, exactly. And these kids, you know, what I learned in my first year here at Drake, certainly that was Joy Ripslinger and Tristan Werfs were high school seniors and, and many other really outstanding athletes. But at the Drake Relays, we had some tough weather that day in 2017. They still set stadium records or high school records. You know, they weren't stadium records, excuse mm-hmm. me, but they set Drake Relays records in tough conditions. High school kids, they're, they are horses. They, they, they're not like the college athletes and the pros that need perfect conditions and, and complain about the weather. They just show up and they go at it. And so it's going to be a terrific day of competition, no doubt. Uh, and, and we'll get rolling Thursday morning and wrap up um, late Thursday afternoon with the, with the high school division. Yeah, that'll be great. Um, do you have any? Uh, have you pinpointed what you're going to do with attendance wise uh, at the relays? That I can maybe pass along to the fans. Uh, I haven't. Yeah, and and that's that's the that's the uh, the big question. You know, the question that everybody is anxious to hear. And and ultimately, I've got to maybe take a step back to, and I'll be happy to speak to that, but. I'll, take a step back to talk about the high school division for one uh, due to the NCAA dead period. I'm at for the first time in four years, I will not be in attendance. No Drake athletic department staff uh, will be involved in the conduct administration and planning. So I should also just, or and promotion of it. So technically even speaking to it here, um, aside from my own excitement as a fan watching on a stream, probably in my office or uh, you know, from home, uh, I really have taken a step back from that, and that's because the NCAA rules, and this is how challenging 2020 has or 2021 has been. And to give your listeners, give the people in our community that love the Drake Relays, a sense of the challenge that we're facing and the eff- the extraordinary mm-hmm. effort that's going into this, I've had to create an entire organizational chart of volunteers and subcontractors oh, wow. that are not Drake Athletic Department staff. And then we 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 pursued a waiver for my involvement just to be a liaison to those volunteers and staff to organize it. So it's been an incredible effort by a you know a group of people, namely Carolyn Hill, who has retired from Drake, um, that she has stepped in and just really um, making a a uh, a really wonderful effort to to sacrifice. Yeah, exactly out of retirement to create something for the high school kids here in Iowa. Yeah. But it also, then, then now, now if you're listening to this, you can understand why maybe Dickinson relays that you and I felt a little bit different and why Iowa state made the hard decision not to host high school because the athletic department staff can't do it because of a dead period. And it's, and it's a, you know, the dead period means no on campus or off campus recruiting activities, oh, no in-person right. recruiting activities. And it's it's in place only because of COVID nineteen. So that's why well, I I ask humbly that the Iowa high school coaches have patience. That the high school athletes just simply be grateful that they have the opportunity because the Kansas relays, the Florida relays, uh, Mount Sac relays, uh, uh, Penn relays. None of our peer relay meets in the country will have high school competitions. So. We're, we're, we're really going over and above to try and create something special for the athletes here, particularly because we know they missed out last year and, and still feel a heart, you know, heartfelt uh, sentiment out to the seniors last year that yeah, didn't get right. to participate. But those kids are seniors now who haven't maybe even ha- ever had a chance, you know, maybe since their sophomore year in high school to see Drake Stadium as an athlete. So really, really hoping that it comes together. And actually, I'm confident it will. Um, but with that in mind, then you can see that's one of the many challenges we faced uh, that, that I've already spoken to at some length. And then when we talk about tickets, we're working with local public health, Drake uh, officials, but uh, excuse me, local public health officials, but then also Drake University Director of Environmental mm-hmm. Services. Uh, we'll have scheduled to do a walkthrough this week. We have uh, clear plans, but we want to be sure not only are, are they – uh, beneficial for the athletes to have their family and friends in attendance and our longtime ticket holders that, that, that those people are happy, but that it is done safely and responsibly. Because again, as, as optimistic as we are about spring weather arriving and the news from the governor about vaccines becoming more widely available, all of those things are good news. 
but the basic circumstances of COVID-19 have not yet changed. That's for sure. But it's safe to say that um, attendance will be smaller and there will be uh, a lot more spacing out of uh, fans, but there will be fans. Is is that safe? Correct. I mean, I I don't, I I would hope at this point in time in 2021 that there's no one that out there that has a realistic expect, has some real expectation that, there would be 15,000 people sure. watching a track meet in Drake Stadium, uh, it, 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 in, it, at least in April of 2021. Certainly, we hope that that, that that is in the near future, but not in the next four weeks. Okay. The other day, it was confirmed that you'll be hosting the One Mile Road Championships um, on Wednesday of Drake Relays Week, um, and you'll have a prize purse of $15,000. That's pretty exciting. Uh, the thing that I thought was very interesting is the race will be held of Drake University, uh, basically, uh, and finishing on the Blue Oval. Um, tell me how that all came about. Yeah, thanks, Lance. Uh, we're really proud to be hosting the USATF One Mile Championships for the, the fifth consecutive year. Um, and, and, and as you know, the event is hosted uh, in conjunction with, on an annual basis, it's been hosted with the Grand Blue Mile, uh, which has been brought to life more than a decade ago by Wellmark Blue Cross Blue Shield in collaboration with the Drake Relays. Uh, Truly a commitment to the the overall uh, community health, uh, health and fitness of all Iowans, particularly uh, uh, athletes, you know, like yourself, a competitive athlete that that has run many races, Um, but even more so young kids who maybe uh, want to run their first event or participate in their first event, walk, jog uh, with grandparents, wonderful event. But we knew early this year um, that socially distancing 4,000 people over the course of one mile was not going to be feasible. And if we're not going to be able to bring 4,000 people together, closing the streets downtown are expensive and it's an inconvenience for the city. So uh, we knew that we weren't going to be able to hold it, down, hold it downtown. And so at that's the, why it's uh, virtual. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So v- then we did yeah. have the mass participation virtually. And as a, a wonderful part of our partnership with Wellmark, uh, we've launched a, a virtual Grand Blue Mile where for $10, uh, shirts, race bib, a fun pack, the whole race experience shipped directly to your house. Um, you know, including shipping. So it's a really great value. Really excited about that yeah. uh, it, it opportunity. And more than that, Wellmark has doubled down uh, on it with our partnership with Healthy Estate Initiative so that in the state of Iowa, the city that has the highest per- percentage participation in the virtual Grand Blue Mile uh, by zip code will win $10,000 back to their community. Oh, wow. So, it is oh, nice. to encourage small towns, especially across the state, but even, you know, Urbandale won in the first year, and no one thinks of Urbandale as a small town. Um, but but to, to recre- you know, city parks and recreation departments, uh, clubs, schools, to organize their own socially distanced run as, and part of the Grand Blue Mile. Uh, so really, really take it to where the people are in a very unique way. Well, at the same time, we want to celebrate the elite and continue to maintain our status as a place where national championships, national champions are crowned. So with that in mind, we were able to retain that the, the USATF One Mile Championship, and those athletes will essentially be participating in the virtual Grand Blue Mile on Drake's campus. And, and the course, the logistics will actually be an entire rinse and repeat from what we did in 2019, or excuse me, 2020. Um, as you may oh, know, we, we hosted the Blue Oval Showcase on a Saturday, August 29th, uh, a very high-level, world-class track and field competition, um, and in fact, the only uh, track and field meet in all of North America, Central America, and the Caribbean that held a world athletics permit in 2020. So really an elite meet and, 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 and really proud of that effort. And as part of that, we hosted the USATF One Mile Championship, and we did that entirely on Drake's campus. Yeah, that's, that's pretty neat uh, uh, that you were able to do that. Is that kind of the difference between um, Grand Blue Miles, just because you had, like you said, 4,000 people in a one-mile square area as opposed to the road races where 
you are going to have uh, an in-person race. You feel like you can stagger the, the runners? In the yeah, race? and from the very beginning. And, and, you know, so we knew immediately that the socially distancing 4,000 in, in a linear mile wasn't going to be possible, particularly at the finish. And what's been a, a hallmark ingredient of the Grand Blue Mile it has been the inflatables at the finish, the face painting, the, the fun activities. Uh, that we're just going to be prohibitive. But we knew from the beginning that it's going to, it is far easier to socially distance over a half marathon. There's a lot of natural social distancing that takes place. And in our first planning meeting, I was quick to point out that, you know, we'll have a winner run as fast as 105, an hour and five minutes. And then our last finisher, uh, maybe around three hours, you know, that, that, that 15 minute, 13 minute mile per pace. You know, ter terrific, terrific effort to finish in that time, be out there for three hours. But if those two people start within a few minutes of each other, they are naturally socially distanced by a matter of five or six miles. Um, so that, yeah. th 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 that's that's evident. Where the trick is is at the start and at the yep, yep. so we've worked very diligently to create a pre-staging. Uh, you know, fortunately we have. Uh, Forest Avenue, where we will be closed early in the morning, and as a, a virtue of being at Drake Stadium, we'll have all of the lot on the west side of the stadium. No cars will be parked in there. That will also be a pre-event staging area. So we'll have up to 500 people in that space. We we know that the 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 the, the volume of space there can host up to 500 people at a time, and then on Forest Avenue. For two blocks, um, you know, 500 people masked, um, preparing for their start, and then we'll bring them uh, small groups at a time, 50 people at a time to the start. Uh, and every 90 seconds, it will uh, will start 50 people. Um, so it will be a, 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 a have to work like a machine, but it will literally be people crossing that start line. Uh, continuously for close to an hour to get 2,000 half marathon and 5K runners across the start line. And to be very clear, too, the the volume and, and, and logistics are continually addressed on a daily basis, not just with the city of Des Moines, but with Drake University. Um, and our, our contract uh, event production company is InMotive, um, who, who handles uh, events across the country, um, in fact, the, their uh, senior vice president of, of events, Mark Holpoise, is uh, it, boots on the ground for this event, um, hands, hands on it. He actually spoke specifically about some of our planning and his efforts on a national podcast that, that uh, a couple weeks ago, Bib Brave. So you, okay. can, you can grab some of that out, content out there as well, too. Okay. And uh, people, and you're limiting it to two thousand people. Is that right? uh, well? And that's yeah. And actually, that's where I was yeah. headed too. We will not have more than two thousand. There is a chance that we, we will not exceed that number. Um, and that's seven hundred and seventy-five in the half marathon and twelve twenty-five in the five k. Those are our, our 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 hard caps. And then in the next week, as we start to map out start times and overall logistics. Um, particularly, particular, excuse me, particularly in as much as there are other events on Drake's campus that same day. Uh, the beautiful Bulldog is in the afternoon. We have a Drake softball game and a shared facility. Uh, so we're, we're conscious of that, and we want to reduce our impact, not just on the city streets, but on our own campus. Uh, so w we will reevaluate particularly the 5K. Um, I think we've already got close to, you know, we're over 500 people registered in the half marathon. So those, those spots, um, are, are going fast and very limited to begin with. So we're going to do everything we can to, to, to maintain uh, 775 in the half marathon. And in large part, uh, because uh, that event is far easier to socially distance, uh, but, that, but the 5K, we, we may see some reduction in capacity. It's smart, of course, yeah. And there's still time to register. Uh, when's the uh, end, end registration date for the... Yeah, I would, I would say register before April 8th. At that point in time, we may, likely yeah. will... We'll, and so that's two weeks from today, um, it, it, and that gives everybody a chance to go out and get one more long run maybe 
you know, test them, test, you know, see where they're at if they want to do a half or, or maybe get one track worked out in and see where they're at for a 5K for those serious runners. Um, but, yeah, I, I, sooner the better because the sooner you register, uh, to be very blunt, the, the easier our planning gets because we'd really like to have our final number and start assigning start times and, get, and getting this going. So, you know, I, I, we're, we're excited. We're just, just working with uh, Ben and Cal at, at Run Ablaze to, to get that club involved. The, the, to see what they've done as a club during the pandemic, uh, it, it's been really fun and, and, and interesting to see that they've created their own opportunities. You know, we've talked about how yeah, athletes yeah. all over the country yeah. need these opportunities, and there there have been a lot of those. Ben Rosario and the Marathon Project out in Flagstaff. You know what we did last August with the One Mile Championships, um, but it's really been encouraging, exciting, and impressive to see the way that club has brought athletes from all over the Midwest to Des Moines to, to, to compete or in, in the Quad Cities last weekend, um, you know, to, to, to compete and do it safely. It's, it's, it's really good. It's just, it's just great to, to actually have the relays this year. Uh, how, uh, how strange and disappointing was that last year for you? Not to have- well, it, it, you know, at that time, it's hard hard to explain because we were all feeling such uh, an unimaginable sense of loss. Some far more than just losing events, but losing loved ones, uh, graduation yeah. parties disappeared, all of those things. And we were still at a point where it was just entirely unknown. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I try, you know, I'm sure you, many others travel a lot, but in 2019, I traveled enough to get, uh, you know, some uh, some medallion status with one of the airlines, you know, in 2020, the world comes to a stop from February 29th yeah. or February 28th. Um, and so I think it was the 29th and a leap year in 2020. I was at the at, at the Missouri Valley Conference meet uh, on that Sunday at the Unidome from that day until uh, mid-May. I didn't leave Polk County. Uh, and, and, and so to sit at home yeah. and what was probably to be very selfish and self-centered and just thinking about my, my lens as the director of the Drake Relays, the hardest part about it was Relays Week was absolutely gorgeous. Um, you know, I, I, on Tuesday yeah. night. I remember that. Tuesday yeah. night. Yeah, yeah Tuesday great. night of Grand Blue Mile. I drove downtown. First time I'd been downtown uh, since March and, you know, drove past the start. And at that point in time, they did have grand closed to offer social distancing, um, you know, it, it, there at the Sculpture Park. Um, but I drove down and got out and walked around, and it reminded – the weather reminded me of when I was an athlete and used to go to Stanford and those just perfect distance running nights. Um, and then all, all week, it just got better. You know, Friday, Saturday, it was 70 and sunny, weather that – the Drake Relays needs desperately. We need that weather during Drake Relays for a few years in a row so that some of these universities from the South, you know, namely Baylor, you know, uh, you know, some of the SEC schools, some of the Big 12 schools will be willing to travel north again. But, you know, for, for most of my tenure, with the exception of 2018 and many of Brian Brown's years, we just have been very unfortunate that we've had weather like we're having today where it's 40 degrees and rainy. And we've just suffered because of that, because the university division, especially as budgets become tighter, uh, competition increases, that they are only paying travel to go places where they have a chance of good weather. And our weather is really limiting that interest. And so to sit and feel that we have 70 degree day, gorgeous day for April in Des Moines, and then our Drake relays are postponed. Now I have to acknowledge that the loss I felt and that sadness and just that emptiness, those couple days pales into comparison for those that lost jobs and, and have, you know, all the struggles that we've all faced in the last year and, and so many other, uh, other pieces, but it, but it is real to acknowledge that that feeling, it wasn't, wasn't just me. I was getting calls from officials. You know, I did a bunch of live Instagrams on the phone with, you know, doing a live Instagram with Sandy. First question she asked me is like, Blake, what's the weather like? Please tell me it's cold and rainy, you know, because she's vaulted when it's been rainy and cold and, 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 and then in other years had to go inside and, you know, so 
Um, and, and, and Ryan Krauser did a live Instagram that same day, and he asked the same question. Hey, man, what's the weather like? Um, and, I, it, you know, it hurts to say, oh, this is the best weather we've had in Des Moines on Relays Week in a decade. Right. Beautiful. It's, uh, it's nice weather to go outside and lounge around. It, and, and those are the days where 15,000 people are packed into Drake Stadium, and then they're lined out on Forest Avenue. But we just haven't had many of those days the last few years. Um, and we're, we're hopeful that we get some of that weather this year, and we're looking forward to the day where – uh, we can when 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 weather is our biggest concern. You know, 2022. If the weather is our biggest concern, that would be a a big relief. Well, well, you're a brave man holding the Blue Oval Classic this weekend um, in March um, with the weather like this, uh, so unpredictable. Um, you know who's all coming? I saw Iowa State was. Yeah, and so the original intent of this when we 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 kind of. When I got involved with track and field and we talked to our coaches, would be especially uh, – so this was last last May. And, again, we've just had op- optimism, right? Op- I, everyone has operated in optimism. Last May, we talked about spring of 2021 with extraordinary optimism, not just for the student-athletes that, that are on the track and field program at Drake and not just the Drake Relays, but just life in general. So this is – 11 months ago, or, you know, or t- t- 10 months ago, um, and we started building a schedule for this spring, our hope is that this Blue Oval Invitational can become a, a large-scale distance and, and, and a quality track meet on Saturday, but Friday night be a large-scale distance opportunity for uh, an opener for Division One athletes, but also potentially a qualifying opportunity for uh, – uh, Division two, Division three, and the IA, and a really large scale event because we can host. We, do, we we at Drake we host large scale events very well, um, and I know that we can we can set up pace races in Drake Stadium end of March. Whereas and and and, I, and I, the American Rivers Conference is a great example, part of America Conference. The smaller schools in our area do not have the opportunity to fly to Stanford the last of March. Iowa State, Iowa, if they want to go run 10Ks, they can do that. And they're going to go run – they want, they're trying to run 28-30. At Drake Stadium, we can run 30-30, and that will get kids into nationals. And we can create that opportunity, yeah, yeah. and we can pace it, and we can set it up and have Mike J on the microphone. And Mike can come to Des Moines right. instead of going to Stanford that weekend, you know, because that's what he's done in the past. And that was kind of our intent. And it would be good for our Drake team. Even if it's just a rough opener and or a, a, a low key opener from from you know when we talk about Adam Fogg, a three fifty seven miler, and we talk about the the excellent athletes at Iowa State, we are not building we would not be building that meet for those athletes to have a high level competition in Des Moines, Iowa. But we think that there's uh, you know developmental athletes at the Division One level, or maybe even those athletes that that would be chasing, uh, you know, to be in the Big Ten meet or the Big 12 meet or the Valley meet at the end of the season, but are really starting their outdoor season. So you get a sense of what we would hope to accomplish this year. Uh, due to COVID, we, we, we were forced, unfortunately, to – we're not allowing unattached athletes. Yeah, and so, example, the, the, the Blue Oval Invitational in the future could be a perfect opportunity for uh, Run Blaze to come and run 5K PRs on a track. Uh, you know, if you can run 1425 on the roads, you know, you can scare the heck out of 14 flat on the track. And, and it's that, I think we can create that type of meet in March, uh, you know, the, the end of March okay. in the long run. And that was what, that was the conversation we were having last May. Obviously we can't include unattached athletes uh, because attestation forms and the, the intricacies of COVID uh, uh, testing and protocols, and, 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 we, and, and the decision was made uh, months ago that in our early season home meets, they would not be, el- not be open to any institutions other than NCAA Division One. With the circumstances, uh, we were unable to host a two-day meet, and, and, and not necessarily uh, because, just because the circumstances don't allow us to invite the teams that we would have wanted to. And to really okay. pursue the large-scale event and invite okay. and welcome all levels of competition and really blow it out with a big, big meet. So we'll, we'll, 
we'll put that idea in the back of our mind, hold on to it for 2022. And then South this Dakota weekend State. is, yeah, South Dakota State, uh, University of Nebraska, Omaha's women, um, Augustana's coming down from South Dakota with some 5K runners, and then Iowa State. Uh, and, you know, c- credit to Martin Smith and his staff at, at Iowa State. They do a great job. You know, I looked, they are in the, you know, mid, mid-year after cross-country and indoor nationals, the mid-year program of the year uh, right. national competition. They're in the running. You know, it's, it's exciting to see. Um, tr- and, and, yeah, exactly. And, you know, you know it's really, really fun to see that. And, and, it's, and it's a neat competition. To be with. Oh, of course. And when, the, and when you know that, the, that not just, you know, the middle distance and long distance, but they'll be hitting on all cylinders. They've got a great 400-meter hurdler. Uh, Gomez doing a great job with their, their sprinters. Uh, Fletcher does a great job with field events. I mean, they, they, they've got a good staff, and, and, you know, Amy's doing a wonderful job uh, on the women's distance side. Um, but for them, this is a quick trip, come down, knock the dust off. It, we're, we're not, I, I don't have any expectation that we're going to see uh, their national caliber athletes. And, mm-hmm. and if, if those athletes, yeah, if those athletes come down, they're not going to be doing their primary events anyway. I mean, and, and that's the same for our team. This mm-hmm. is, uh, let's kick the tires. Let's get the let's get the team moving. Um, you know, for for and here's what is interesting. You know, in our field events, entries were were limited, um, except for the long throws. Uh, because think if think about being a hammer thrower or a javelin thrower or a discus thrower, you haven't competed since 2019. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a shot putter, you 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 threw indoors. Now you know a hammer, a discus. In theory, you throw the weight indoors. But in your primary event, or if you're a javelin thrower, you haven't t- you haven't competed since 2019. No opportunities. Yeah. That's right. Well, if you're a collegiate athlete, there hasn't been a meet. Um, yeah. So, so so you're providing one for them. That's right. Yeah. So actually, the 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 event that has the most interest, uh, at least in the field events, is the hammer throw. We've got uh, we'll, 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 we've got at least ten entries for both the men and the women. That'll be the only field event that we have prelims and finals. Um, but it'll be a nice quick meet. And for us, it, it'll be really nice to see the officials. We, we had an official Zoom last night. We have 100 officials that were on it from all over Iowa and, and even some from out of state. It's going to be – I'm looking forward to seeing them. You know, they're wonderful people, yeah. knowledgeable. They're, they're, you know, if we talk about the, 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 the athletes as the heart and soul and really the lifeblood of, of the, the, the sport, the officials are the backbone. They're the infrastructure that makes it possible – so it's going to be good. We're going to, you know, it's, it's, okay. it'll be a little bit of a reunion of sorts. Um, the first time we've seen most of these people since 2019, uh, the 2019 high school state meet will be, has been really the first time since then that we're all getting back together at Drake stadium. Let's, let's talk about your uh, track and field program. Your men's team uh, had their best finish uh, in the Valley since 2000. Um, talk about that progression. Um, well, Asha Gibson's our head track and field coach, and she's just doing an incredible job. She came uh, to Drake from Tennessee State, where she was the associate head coach. Uh, she, she she was was a short sprinter and a school record holder at Jacksonville State down in Alabama, and and wonderful person has has really brought the the right tone and um, is is a technician. She's knowledgeable in her event area. Uh, commands mm-hmm. respect from the team. It's 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 been really strong there. And uh, on, in the throws that I referenced, Dane Chapman has really built a, a a throws program at Drake from from nothing. And we're we're just getting started there. Uh, it, it, not only with huge uh, progress from the student athletes, Joey Harkins. Um, I mean, he's bombing it. Well, you know, he he gained uh, from 2019 to 2020. He gained 30 pounds of muscle in that time. Uh, and, 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 and he came to Drake to play football. Uh, and then we, we convinced him to throw or Zane convinced him to throw. Um, and he's blossomed into one of the best throwers in the Missouri Valley conference to, to, you know, with a meter PR at the conference championship to finish second. Um, and, and one of the best throwers in school history and on the distance side, you know, Ryan Schweitzer, obviously welcoming him back to Iowa and an amazing addition to that program. Uh, I wanted to ask about him. Uh, how did you uh, bring him aboard? I know uh, uh, his Notre Dame 
career didn't go the way he wanted to. Um, well, I, you know, I don't, I don't. Uh, 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 first, I'll say I don't, I don't know, I don't know if that's true. But the, when you're, oh, okay. you're good, well, I mean, I, I don't want to even speak to that necessarily. But other than to say, yeah. when you're as good as Ryan Schweitzer was in high school, and an amazing, like a historic talent in the state of Iowa, like among the best, and maybe if not the best uh, in the state of Iowa that we've ever seen. Who else is there? There's Rob Brock from the '90s. You know, there's there's a few guys at Iowa High School that might, you know could be compared to him. Yeah, the Boone guys were pretty good. That's yeah. right, absolutely. Yeah, but when you Ray think Thomas, oh, yeah. of course, yeah, you, you got it. Yeah. That's right. But when you think of Ryan, yeah. you're like, well, he's among the best. You know, there's there's no doubt. Um, yeah. And then there's just this incredible expectation that then he still ran well. You know, I mean, but if you, you know, you run 407. He was injured a lot, though, wasn't he? You know, and and so long story short, Jay Colosseus, our head cross-country coach, has just done a wonderful job of building excitement and creating a culture. Um, You know, so Adam Fogg was already on campus. Isaac Baston last year won the uh, Missouri Valley Conference Indoor 3000 as a true freshman from Minnesota, uh, and Max Friedrich. Uh, won the 5K last year in 2020. So we had two different guys win the 3K and 5K in 2020. And, and so there's already this excitement and this buzz. And, and, and uh, then the, the pandemic happened. And I knew I had, had would become aware that Ryan was looking, mentioned it to Jay. Jay started talking to him right away because he was in the transfer portal. He was graduating. And ultimately at the end, when, when we talk about a global pandemic and an opportunity to cut, just come home, come home, man, come home. Uh, come home. It made a big difference. And, 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 and that helped, that helped Drake. Um, it was attractive to Ryan. Um, and it's just terrific to have him around because he brings uh, to our program, a level of maturity, a level of experience. And when we talk about what it takes to be at that next level, well, he was just at Notre Dame, and they just finished second at the NCAA meet. You know, so he he's been around it. He knows it. He has all of the right attributes. Um, and then when we look at those other guys I mentioned, Max, Isaac, uh, Adam, it, it's a terrific group of very talented athletes, uh, and not just those four. And 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 I'm not. I haven't mentioned the women's side. On the women's distance side, we went to the Missouri Valley Conference meet just days after the indoor championships, and they finished third. Uh, that's the highest finish for our women since 2000. So when we sit in our, our team meetings, I say this regularly, at Drake right now, we have the best track and field program that we've had in two decades. And, 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 and maybe that's a little bit of puffery, but when we talk about our achievements, black and white, it's the top men's indoor finish in 21 years. It's our top women's cross-country finish in 21 years. And then when we look at what Adam did at the national championships and acknowledging that it's only one athlete, but he went and finished fourth, scoring five team points. Well, that's the most team points we've had a national championship since Kevin Little in 1990. So I've already already started joking, Adam. You know, Kevin Little went on to become a world champion in the event. So I guess if Adam doesn't do that, he's fallen short of that expectation. You know, I've just started joking with him on that. And he's he's got a great personality and just a terrific athlete and ter- terrific. Tell me, terrific about, tell me about his development. He's a he's a he's a kid from Australia, uh, Mark Carroll recruit. Uh, well, in, in fact, Jay Colosseus, yeah, Jay Colosseus was here and Jay Jay recruited him and with with Mark. They signed him, yep. um, and and when they signed him, he was uh, a, a 345, 1500 meter runner, which is is incredible. And and that had happened at a at a at a at a breakthrough where he was not great, um, but had some big improvements. And then uh, they they got him to commit to Drake, which was a terrific step for the program and yeah. for Adam. And then between the time he signed and the time he arrived, he went and he ran three forty, um, which that that you know that's a, a three fifty eight mile. So then Adam was home, so he was here on campus last year. Uh, you know, ter- terrific athlete. Um, you know, did d- did 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 he ran well last year indoors? Um, but he you know ran a school record indoors in the mile. Then we got to the conference meet. Well, so yeah, there, it, last year indoors, his first meet got tripped up, went down. Um, and 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 or his first attempt at a really good mile, he went down. Then he ran well at Iowa State, uh, finished second 
to, to the Iowa State guy that had just won the NCAA title in cross country. So you know you're running well when you do that. He beat an NCAA finalist from the year before, but he just didn't clip four minutes. And then between Iowa State Classic and the Missouri Valley Conference, he got sick. Um, so he wasn't himself yeah, okay. at the Missouri Valley Conference, but he still anchored a DMR for us, and he still finished second in the 800. Or, excuse me, second in the mile. So, I mean, he still ran great. Without him last year, the outdoor season gets taken away. Uh, he went home to Australia, diligent in training, you know, ter- terrific kid, does a lot. And, and to, he did not return for the fall semester due to COVID-19. Yeah. But to, well, to speak to – yeah, so he wasn't home. He was at home last spring all the way through the summer. Um, but to speak to the quality of character that he has, he would join most team meetings, if not all team meetings, via Zoom. And we would set up a, a, a Zoom in our in our team meeting rooms. And when we're socially distanced and masked, he's on the other side of the world, and it's you know an entirely different day. And he's participating in our team meetings, and just a, a, a great contributor to our culture and and all that we're trying to accomplish as a program. So what you know, wonderful kid. And then while he was home, before the winter, the the, the January semester started. He ran 339 for 1500, yeah. and and he did that essentially by himself. Um, so you know, in 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 a in in like we've seen around the world, basically a time trial in a in a training group at home. So Jay, terrific coach, smart guy, scrambled to convince him to come back. Recruiting, and, yeah. yeah. And, and 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 Adam was ready uh, because he knew what Not he was bad. capable of, yeah. and then Jay brought him along well. Um, he, he ran well indoors right off the bat at Iowa state, you know, what ran, ran sub four new school record. Um, but we just didn't think that time would be enough to get him to nationals. So Jay took Ryan Schweitzer, Adam and, and drove up to, uh, South Dakota state the week after Iowa state classic, but the week before Missouri Valley conference. Um, and, Took him and he broke for the second time, but didn't improve his his mark. It just was the first time the sub four had ever been run in the state of South Dakota, which is cool. You know that's fun. Yeah. Um, so South Dakota, uh, you know, all comers, you know, record in their on the South Dakota soil. A cool thing, no, no doubt about it. But it didn't improve him on the national descending order list, so we felt like probably not getting in. Um, and then. Uh, went, he did by went, he was the second to last choice, right? Yeah, and it's mostly because I mean, in, in in as much as the scratches for DMRs, other people going to 3K, maybe some people that were committing to cross country, you know, and, and uh, we were at the BYU. Yeah, that's right. So then he went to uh, Missouri Valley Conference indoors and hadn't run a 3K. Gets in the slow heat because he doesn't have a time. And Jay sees that some of the guys in the other section are pretty fit, understands the circumstances, says, you got you to run this a little bit. You're going to you're gonna have to go for it. And he runs 807 essentially by himself and sets a meet record. Um, so then, you know, the kid's, the kid's ready. The kid's definitely fit if you can go run 807 3K on, on your own uh, or essentially on your own at a, at a, in a slow heat. And then, you know, went, the, the second heat didn't come close to, to matching that mark. Um, and, the, you know, so which was traditionally the faster heat, the seated heat, so to speak. And then that was – so he, that was his third race in three weeks. Then uh, they got home from that event. We turned around two days later and got on the bus to Evansville, Indiana, eight hours to run 8K cross country. When we get to Evansville, the night before the cross country meet, we found out that he was accepted to the NCAA championships. Yeah. Uh, so – but this is how committed he is to the team. Um, he was, con- he was going to run. Um, and if he had really taken off the reins, he would have been tough to beat. Um, but he tempo run essentially ran very controlled completely within himself. And, and Jay was giving him cues throughout the race and giving him essentially no faster than very specific pace uh, throughout. And he finished second and, and looked great doing it finished felt good and then you, you, you know the the what happened in NCA speaks for itself but he 
has a natural gift to find the right place in a mile race, a gift that I never had, a gift that you can't really coach or teach. Um, but he placed himself perfectly in the prelims, coasted through, you know, beat, beat Sam Tanner, who was, you know, the collegiate record holder for 1500, having just run 335. Um, you know, and when you compare the two, Sam's fast, but Adam just had that natural skill to find the right spot at the right time. And then he did it again um, in the finals. And I really thought up until the last 30 meters that he might nab third place. Um, but all that to be said, it's a, a credit to him and it's a credit to the efforts that, that Jay Coliseus has put into uh, reshaping that, that distance group for both the men and the women. That's good to give, uh, give, give him a little publicity, uh, Jay, because, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, it's a phenomenal improvement. Uh, so how does a kid from Australia deal with the cold? It was really nasty in February. Uh, was he running in Drakefield out all the time, or what did he do? No, uh, you know, I mean, I think that's, that's the way of the world is you just get tougher. And he's responded well. You know, just, you, just get, you, you grow thick skin and you get outside and you go do it. I mean, I think that's – that's, okay. that's, that's, okay. that's, and, and that's, that's something that I learned training in, in Ames when, you know, Corey Emmels was coaching there and I lived there for three years. Corey didn't let us do runs indoors. Uh, you know, we, we, we would only get a chance to work out one indoors and then he'd force us, encourage us, maybe I'll say, uh, cause I don't want to make it seem that he was any, anything other than supportive, but encourage us to go outside for our cool downs. Even if it's minus 20, you do your track workout and then you go run your cool down outside. Um, you, you, you don't, you don't run indoors unless you're, you're, you're running on the track and you're, you're doing a workout. And, and, uh, we, we've had facility access issues because at Drake, and just to be very blunt, this is what makes, uh, what coach Gibson, what coach Chapman and what coach Coliseus have all done uh, even more incredible is at Drake, we're a small division one school. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Uh, committed to track, committed to men's and women's basketball, committed to volleyball, committed to football, committed to a lot of sports, and all those sports, both football, volleyball, both basketballs, men's and women's soccer, rowing, softball, track and field, all of these sports are happening concurrently. So if you – and we have limited ability to put people in uh, the field house, in the nap center, in the weight rooms – um, and as you know, the winter we had, there wasn't any way to be outside. So, uh, there were, there were weeks where our sprinters just very unfortunately due to COVID and the circumstances, one day they would do their sprint. They would have to do technical work at 6am. The next day it would be 8pm. Um, just because of when they were in the facility. Yeah. Um, that's, that's not typical of Drake. That's not typical anywhere, but that speaks to the amount of challenges and that's not unique to Drake. I think those types of challenges have exi- existed everywhere, but it does speak to the success that, and, and the, a credit to all of our student athletes and our coaches that they've get, gotten handed one challenge after the next. And what have they done? They've done the best that any Drake team has done in 20 years. Yeah. I wanted to, before I let you go, I had a, had a couple other questions. Uh, I wanted to talk about Breda Jensen. Uh, you hired her. Uh, former UNI standout who's from Epworth. Uh, talk about her contribution. Yeah, you know, <laughs> running fans in Iowa may know, remember her as Brett Corey from high school. Yeah. Uh, you know, she yeah. she may not, uh, you know, she would not tell you that she was a standout in high school, but she really improved her senior year, then went to UNI and just had a terrific career there. And, and you know, it, uh, Dave Paulson at UNI does a terrific job. It's a it's a really quality program and, 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 and she learned from good coaches. Alexina Wilson, um, it, it, she learned from good coaches. And when I say that, also administrators. So she came in to help us out uh, as a director or coordinator of operations and assistant coach. And then we've had some staffing issues with Drake. She does a lot of the background stuff. Th- that's right. Sending up meets and, and stuff. Then we've and had, lodging. And well, that's exactly right. And then we've had uh, uh, a staffing circumstance where i've got a vacancy on my staff so in the meaning uh not the track and field staff but in the drake relays office carolyn hill retired in 2019 she was replaced by uh, a wonderful professional kira kassan who came to drake from college coaching she spent a year here and then returned to college coaching as the head coach at kenyon college in ohio now 
But due to the pandemic uh, and circumstances of her departure on August 29th, that position is on a hiring freeze and it's currently vacant. So Brett Jensen is our utility person that is the home meet director for the Blue Oval Invitational, the Jim Duncan Invitational in two weeks, um, and is an incredible resource for the Drake Relays, an incredible resource for all of our track and field student athletes, um, and it's a credit to her parents who are coaches, uh, her her uh, mentors at UNI. She is a rock star. She's terrific. She she she's come in and made a tangible difference in improving the culture. Um, you know, talk, talking with girls, building that team camaraderie, but and, and really truly an empathetic. Uh, wonderful person that knows the sport of track and field and loves the sport of track and field uh, like few others. I, I mean, she's, she's really been a huge asset here at Drake. Great opportunity for her then this, this uh, next month. Um, so are you going to stay on as a permanent director of track and field cross country or right now? Or, my or focus, Yeah, no, thanks for asking. I think my, right now, it's gonna be my, my main focus is just trying to get to May, <laughs> you know, just, just trying to make okay. sure that we okay. host the Drake Relay successfully um, and, and, and have a great meet and then focus on supporting those student, the Drake student athletes as we look at the Missouri Valley Conference Championships and then the NCAA Championships. I, you know, I've got, I've got a full plate. Um, I, I'm, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm also on the NCAA Track and Field Committee. Um, I'm also uh, involved with USATF as the chair of men's long distance running. So I've just got a lot on my plate right now and, um, while I think through all those things, I, I'd love to stay involved with Drake Track and Field, um, it, but mostly I'm, I'm focused on the next month and then and helping our coaches continue to succeed. Um, tell me about that decision, uh, uh, reducing entries for the uh, NCAA regional meets that kind of became official this week, I believe. Uh, you were on that committee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I uh, we don't have time for that. That's that's a whole other hour. Okay. <laughs> okay. Suffice it to say, it was it, it was a health uh, situation where you're you're again trying to limit the number of people and contacts. And it's safe to say that. Co- correct. Okay. Correct. Uh, co- the competition oversight committee. Uh, asked for a strong recommendation from the sport committee related to how best to improve the safety, uh, re- realizing that the size of the NCAA Division One preliminary site is uncom. There's no there's no other NCAA championship that has that many athletes and coaches arriving, and it, it, it it's a lot. yeah. There's no there's no there's no sport wrestling, softball. No baseball there uh, you know uh, swimming there's nothing that compares not even close even even with the reduction of of 25% it it still remains completely uncompared so uh it 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 was it was a sport specific they're saying it could be it could have been worse than the decision we Co- correct we there there were there were lengthy conversations about eliminating the preliminary round entirely uh Oh, wow. So we're, I'd say that as much criticism as the decision that came out of it as, as well as you could as have. much decision as the as much criticism as the committee has received for that decision, um, I remain confident that in the moment that it was made, it was in the best interest of everyone involved. And hopefully it's just a one year uh, one year off and then we'll be back to normal. Uh, next well, year. I think I think we're you know it speaks to the wonderful efforts of everybody up to this point that people can even, you know, in 2021, that people are in a position to complain about something like that. And right. When, when, when you know, it, 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 I remember there was a moment in time, people were just grateful to be having events. Um, and, 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 and suddenly that disappeared very quickly after we get one or two events behind us. Um, so that, and, and, and as somebody who's in the middle of planning the, one of the most challenging events uh, to host on an annual basis, even without a global pandemic, being in the middle of planning, you know, the Drake relays, the Drake road races, all of that it entails and trying to bring this thing together. Um, I can fully appreciate how lucky we are to even be having an outdoor track and field season. And I have a hard time empathizing with people 
who don't have gratitude with the opportunities that exist in 2021. I hope we again. I hope we get to 2022, and our biggest concern is the weather, and that's my that's that's my hope. But right. what I know for sure is 2021, the Drake relays will be amazing, and 2022 they'll be even better. That was a fast hour with Blake Bolden. I hope you learned more about the Drake relays and many of the challenges that Blake is facing as race director. I wish him well over the next month for his preparations in putting together America's Athletic Classic.